Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. the salon sleuths my name is melissa and my name is leslie and we are two women from the pacific northwest we are both curious about paranormals spirit guides ghosts past lives we are suspicious about true crime disappearances and strange phenomenons we are open to learning about the supernatural and all things we don't understand together we're opinionated with a splash of smart ass join us to learn and Stay curious, stay suspicious, and stay open. Follow Salon Sluice on all major podcast platforms. Well, hello, Leslie and Salon Good morning, Sluice. Melissa. Good morning. How what are you been up to? You, you were busy last week. Oh my gosh, I totally missed you. I totally bailed on you last week. That's okay. I have been swamped at work, and that is one of the things that I want to talk about today. Like, are you... Do you feel like you've gone from COVID nothing to 60 miles per hour everywhere? Um, a little bit. I just feel like my, like there's a time warp and there's just not enough time. Like, <laughs> yes. or maybe I'm not moving as quickly as I used to. Well, I guess that's possible. I feel like it's just all coming at me. And I am literally like in a video game, just batting it away, you know, just like n- not even batting it away, I guess, but like dealing with it, right. As it's yeah. coming at me and I'm just like swatting flies and I just cannot get on the top of it. I have to tell you, my office is so horrible. I'd be so embarrassed to show you my desk. I spent, I had seven minutes before you got on. Cause now it's a race to beat you to the punchline. Oh, that's you know? really funny. And you've yeah, won and- twice now. I, I've won twice because two for uh, zero. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just point out that maybe you were late by a couple minutes, but it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but I set my timer and I was like, okay, I've got seven minutes and that'll, and then I'll be one minute early to Leslie. So I've got seven minutes to clean up my office and I only got the floor picked up, but I just am so overwhelmed. I have so much amazing business coming towards me. And I love that I, you know, you don't want to turn away great projects and great things that inspire you and great things that you do. Right. But I am so overwhelmed and then coupled with, I don't know about you and your industry, but my industry, we are the biggest problem we have right now is supply chain. So Mm -hmm. everything is backordered, not available. I've had to reselect all so many clients products because we're already under construction and this isn't available or that isn't available. And it's just been like dealing with those fires instead of getting ahead of the other things that are going on. And so, um, no, so far people have been pretty patient and with me, but, um, I just, I don't know how long I can sustain this feeling of being behind. Yeah. So I'm just a little overwhelmed, but my mother is having, um, a uh, pretty major shoulder surgery. She's having that, uh, I guess it's called reverse shoulder surgery, the upper part um, next week. And so I'm her caregiver for a few days. So I'll be over there. So I've got to take time off for that. And um, so then I had to go to her pre-op appointment so that I make sure I know what's going on and how this is all working. So yeah, it's just been a little busy, a little busy yeah. around here. Yeah. Well, how about you? And I have a professional question. So I, like you said, I went to Ikea and everything's out. Like you yeah. can't find oh. shelving and things like that. But I wanted to ask you, 
you know how their walls are like super thin they're probably like a couple inches wide yeah just for the display rooms yeah but they seem pretty sturdy what are they made out of oh i don't know that's a good question i've never looked at them i wanted to like um maybe divide up the playroom a little bit uh-huh. and i was like oh those cool little thin walls would be really fun but i'm like what are they made i was trying to think like it wouldn't even be like really thin plywood because even that would warp unless it's like super right. so um i have to go back when i go back i wonder, <laughs> I wonder yeah i wonder if it's metal um like metal studs but even those are you know three and a half inches or whatever and then you got to cover them with something um i've never really paid attention to them yeah i was just curious i thought yeah. maybe you would know yeah but yeah you can't find anything even at cheap places like ikea so i can imagine like the bigger like things that you need like wood or yeah. whatever might not be available yeah it's just it's frustrating it's hard it's disappointing i i hate disappointing people too so yeah you know having to go back to the clients and saying you know this isn't available or you know this thing you loved isn't available and i know it's a well, first we, world we, problem but yeah, we ordered a washer and dryer. And so our washer is what I really needed, but I want them to match. So yeah. um, the washer is here. So it's no longer leaking everywhere. Okay. But um, the dryer is like four to five weeks. And I was like, yeah. as long as I have a dryer, I'm okay. But it, I mean, I it would have been nice to get the set together, but yeah, it is what yeah. it is and whatever. Yeah, four to five weeks is not bad right now. Oh, really? Um, garage so doors, garage doors, 15 weeks. Oh. Um, I heard just yesterday, which is part of the depression, I think, because every, every morning on, in my email box is somebody saying they're raising their prices by 6% because of all of these things. And they've been trying hard not to blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. but that Delta, you know, Delta faucets and, and plumbing once, um, my supplier is out of what they have of Delta. Delta is not going to go back into production to produce more until December. Uh, so so I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what is going on. I'm just like, there's too many, there's too many factors. And I, I know a lot of them and then others ones, I am sure they're related to those others, but, um, and I know Vietnam has shut down for COVID again and weren't telling people it's kind of on the hush hush because they didn't want people to know that they're going to be behind on production. Um, but they, you know, they told everybody you couldn't go to work. They couldn't do anything. So that has a big impact on us here in the States. Yeah. A lot overseas, you know? So yeah, just, just a little, like, well, even here, there's like uh, help wanted signs everywhere, but every I think people are still getting that check until September, right? The extra money. Well, August or September, somewhere in there. Yeah. So maybe then people will want those jobs that, yeah, I, I watched, so that, this is one of my topics today, or my yeah. only topic today, is I've been listening to a new um, podcast, and I, I listen to The Daily, and I also listen to Honestly by, what is her name, Barry, Barry Weiss, I think it is, is how you pronounce it, but anyway, she's a ex-reporter from the New York Times, and I really, really like her. And what is it called? Honestly. Okay. I'm going to look yeah. that up while you're talking. And it's brand new. But um, the the issue, they on the daily, they actually interviewed some people um, that were not going back to their jobs in the food industry. And the food industry is really struggling. And um, it was kind of eye-opening to hear how... Um, overwhelming the food industry is to these people and just takes over their lives and they have no other life, which I think, okay, well, that's kind of how my business runs, right? Yeah. Like, I feel a little like that myself, like, oh yeah, join the club. But um, then also I feel really bad for them because they're not making very good money. And so I think in some ways, raising the prices of the food industry, of you know, your income, if you work there and your hourly rate is probably a good thing because I think it's been too low. Um, but where was I going with this conversation? What did I, I said say? something and then you, what did I say? Oh, about people not going back to work. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So they interviewed these people and they were basically like, yeah, we have no desire to go back to the food industry. People treat you like shit. 
and you don't get paid very much, but you work, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week. It's your whole life. You know, you have no time for anything else. And I was like, you know, that is something that I think Americans need to hear. Um, and you know, now everybody's, I don't know about you, but I'm going on occasion, we go out to eat and I'm like, holy cow, it's so expensive. Like, is it worth going out to eat? Well, you know, maybe the cost of food and restaurants is going up to where it should be to get these people paid a good living. You know, that's kind of what I think. um, Well, and honestly, like years ago, you would go out to eat. It was a special event. Now it's just daily thing. So maybe it will become that again, like where, you know, you would dress a little nicer to go out and take a little more care. But I, I think with this COVID thing, like it feels like, like time is all, like I said earlier, warped. Yes. Like I can't remember like certain things and what order they have from the beginning of this COVID thing. Oh yeah. And I feel like my memory isn't as great. And I feel like I've, I'm not the only one. There's a few no. people that I talked to that were like, <laughs> it's like COVID brain, or I don't even know what you want to call it. COVID fog or something like, yeah. And maybe because I'm not working on like my regular schedule and, and I'm not doing certain things that, and I, I somehow like when I'm not even working that day, like I still fill my day with all these little tasks that yeah. probably aren't even necessary, but I just want to keep busy or something. I, I bet I've always been that way. So yeah, you have yeah. always been that way. I don't feel like I have any time for little tasks. I am just putting out fires constantly and I'm exhausted. So that reminds me of, um, liker of words and oh, your river. Yeah. Oh yeah. I need to move some boulders. So I like your description boulder. right now is actually what she was saying. Yes. Like you have to like clear out your dam <gasps> and that's what you were doing. So it's really weird that, cause I got that thought in my head, right. When you said that before that, yes. oh, this is like her words is telling you to clear out your river. And you know what? I said, I was clearing out my river and I was, and then my river got polluted again. Yeah. Just got full of stuff. How does that happen? How do I let that happen? Well, it's not just you. I think it's all, your environment has happened. Uh, and it has, you know, contributed to your river. Yeah. Yeah. It's I not just you. I or maybe like my river. And taking on projects when maybe you didn't have all the time that you would necessarily need or like being honest with yourself when it comes to timing. Yes. Like, this isn't a great time. Like, yes. could we revisit this in three months? Yeah. You know? Oh my gosh. You're so I don't know. That's just a thought I had. Uh, well, it's been hard. And even this podcast, I'm like, okay, how does this fit into my life? Like, yeah, I have all these stories in me that I want to write down and get prepared for you. And it's like, I don't know where I'm going to find the time to do that. Like last yeah. yesterday, I actually came home from work and this is, this is kind of ironic because it's, it's a, how I deal with stress, but B it's the exact opposite. If you've got so much to do, why are you doing this? I came home yesterday and I had a shit ton to do, but I needed someone to come out. This is complicated, but I needed all these things to align. So I was the only one home. I needed somebody to come home to take me to go get the RV to take it and blah, 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 do all this stuff. And it was three o'clock and I knew, um, no, it was four o'clock and I knew nobody would be home until five o'clock. And I have a shit ton to work to do. Like it was not a lack of things. And I was like, I'm over it. I, I just have to lay down and rest. And I think that's how I've determined now over COVID. That's how I deal with extreme stress is I sleep. And so I just laid down. It took me the first half hour to like actually relax fully and stop thinking about like the to-do list going on constantly. And then I got a good solid half hour of sleep. And then um, I did not pop up by any imagination. I, I was still like, I could sleep longer. And then I got up made myself get up and started going again. And I worked until 1030 last night doing stuff. So, um, I I've come to determine that that is how I deal with stress. Well, yeah. and maybe you just needed a break. I <laughs> like did. Maybe, yes, <laughs> like, and, and it's okay to take an hour for yourself when you're busy doing stuff for other people. Like, don't feel bad that you took that hour. Like, well, and I'm like you, like, I'll go, go, go. And like at the end of the day, I'll sit down and try, you know, cause I'm trying to learn how to palm read. So I sit down yeah. with my book and I'm like, and I'm like, until I can no longer tell I'm like cross-eyed and stuff. Like, I just can't. Well, and in some ways, don't you feel like that's just one more thing you have to do? 
No, that's one thing I want to do. Okay. But I spend a lot of my day like trying to please everybody around me and then I'll get to myself later. But I'm like you though. Sometimes I just have to have like a few minutes and sometimes it's not even falling asleep, but just laying there and just letting your brain rest and like have you like during one of one of the things I like to do and want to do is work out. But sometimes I just feel like it's one more thing I have to do. I did hear recently like 10 minutes of jumping rope is like the equivalent to 30 minute run. So maybe if you have 10 minutes, do the jump rope real quick. But I'll pee my pants the whole time. (laughs) I I did the jump rope for like about 30 seconds and I was like, this is hard. I'm not doing this bullshit. Like forget that. Yeah. I, after babies, I tried to jump rope, you know, jump rope, the weight off kind of thing. And holy cow. And plus you have to have, have a big height you know, so that you can oh, for, flip the rope. And especially and, you. Yeah. 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 So I can't do it in my garage. Right. You so need like to put ceilings. Yeah. And I have aggregate out in the front. So I don't, that doesn't work very well. So I don't even yeah. know where I can do it. I've crap. got two dogs that I'm like, I'd have to leave them in the house just so I could not hit, yeah. them, in the- hit them in the face. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's great. Well, maybe that's maybe just, you know, doing it for two minutes is a good idea to give me a little release. Maybe that, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe that's just one more thing I got to try. <laughs> just put a diaper in and go. Well, hey, I'm yeah. going to tell you my story before you tell yeah. your story because mine's short. Okay. So another thing that has happened this week is I've sort of been blown away by what I think I know and what I really don't. And it kind of comes <laughs> back to what I say at the end of every show, which is stay open sorry, stay curious, stay suspicious, stay open. And I need to tell you this story because it has really impacted me this week. It kind of a little bit depressed me because I think, why the hell do you sit here and talk about things you think you know, because you researched them when you don't know shit. So do you remember during COVID Um, it was on May 25th of 2020. So we hadn't been in COVID very long, but the Karen thing was all over, right? We were in the middle of Black Lives Matter and we were in the middle of white privilege. Do you remember Amy Cooper was walking her Cocker Spaniel in New York City Central Park in the Bramble area and she had the dog off leash? No. You remember this story? I don't. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, this made national headlines. Amy Cooper was walking her um, rescue dog that she had adopted named Henry in Central Park in what they call the Bramble, which um, I've come to learn there are areas in the park that you can leave your dog off leash. And then there are areas in the park where you cannot. And a man by the name of Christian Cooper, they are not related. Christian Cooper, and this matters for the story is the only reason I'm saying it is Christian Cooper is a black man. And Amy Cooper is a white woman. Christian Cooper arrives on his bike and he um, is an avid bird watcher. And he starts telling Amy that she needs to put her dog on a leash. And she kind of gives him a little bit of flack. We don't exactly know what transpired, but what we know is then he turned on his um his video player and starts recording. Now I remember. Yes. And he says, um, she says, I'm going to call 911 if you don't leave me alone. And I'm going to tell them that an African-American man is threatening me and my dog. And he very calmly says, fine, do that. Please do that. And she calls And she tells them, you know, this African-American man is threatening me and my dog. And then she just seems to get more theatrical and worked up. And she says it like three times. And by the end, she sounds like she's being strangled, right? And the whole time, he's just calmly standing there with the phone and being pretty calm with her, right? Well, so in the aftermath of this, um... She was fired from her job. She was, the dog was taken away from her. She got hate mail, hate emails, hate voicemails almost immediately. Um, By the end of the day, she had a hundred emails that told her to kill herself. This was Uh by the end of the day. Um, 
a few hours into this, she called her parent. Well, I shouldn't say this part because we didn't know this part, but anyways, um, she called her parents and said, if anyone starts calling you, tell them, you don't know me that, that you're not related to me, which she started crying when she said that, cause that, that would be hard. But anyways, she was then, um, charged with falsely reporting an incident in the third degree, which was later dropped, I will add. But here's the part you look at this and you're like, oh my God, this is so clear. Like we have video of this, right? Like how much more proof do you need that this man was very calm asking you to put your dog on a leash. You start threatening him that you're going to call 911. And then you get theatrical with the 911 operator. And she's like clear. strangling her dog because she's holding Correct. it up. Yes. Correct. So fast forward. She's now living in a foreign country. She has yeah. moved. She wants no one to know where she's, where she's at because she has essentially been canceled and bullied and all of this for this action. Christian Cooper in the meantime came out and said, I don't want to be any part of prosecuting her. I don't want to have anything to do with it. The police and the um, New York city did drop the charges ultimately um, after investigating and um, she has gotten her dog back. Now you say, well, you know, what happened there? What, what kind of happened? Well, upon further digging, you actually find that Christian Cooper, this, he was part of a like save the parks group. He was on the board. He's actually on video on a Zoom call and had previously had interactions with other people in the park where he uh, flatly states that his tactic with people that had their dogs off of leash in these areas was to come up to them, ask them to put the dog on a leash. And then if they did not comply, he had a bag of treats in his bag that he would pull out and he would say, okay, if you're not going to do what I ask, then I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And you're not going to like it. Mm. Now that sounds a little threatening to a woman. I mean, I, I'm going to admit that, you know, if you say that to me, I'm going to be like, well, what the fuck does that mean? You know, right. He pulls out the treats and this is what he means by it. He pulls out the treats and lures the dog to him. Well, now I can see as a person, like, what are you doing? Why are you luring my dog? Well, what he says is most people are going to put their dog on a leash when I start to lure because their dog, because people don't want a stranger giving them treats. Right. So that's his tactic. Okay. He but had, he sounds like a very educated man. Couldn't he just, he's very educated, very educated. He could have just said it differently. Correct very educated. And this is how he said on Facebook that he said it to her. And now we have, we know that other people have said, he said the same exact thing. Yeah. Now here's the thing. There was at least three other people that said that the same exact altercation happened with them. They did not want to come forward because they did not want the social canceling culture and the social ramifications that Amy received. But the backstory, what they say very much to her story aligns is that he would take his helmet off and they, they all kind of use the verbiage of wield it almost like he was going to hit them with it. Like he had a very, um, uh, a very, uh, forceful stance and in the way he was holding his helmet that made them feel threatened, all of them. Um, and then he does try to lure their dog away from them. And then when he called 911, Amy Cooper, in her words, says his demeanor changed. He got much more soft-spoken. He got a lot more passive in his aggression towards her. And he um, has never wanted to come out and speak about this. He has just went silent. He refuses to talk, but this was on, um, this podcast, this new podcast where I really like that. I was telling you honestly. So if you guys want to hear it, it was just played earlier this, uh, no, it was last week. I think 
That's what is that called? Gaslighting? Yes. Yes, (laughs) exactly. So that's interesting because I never, but she was acting really extreme, but if she was super fearful for herself. Correct. So one more thing do that. Yeah. She was sexually assaulted in, in college, which, you know, not an excuse, but definitely aligns with her feeling alone in a park. And I've been in central park and some of those little alcoves and you do feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Like you'd have to run a long ways and he's got this stance towards you and kind of branding this thing. You don't know what else he's got. He's clearly got treats. What else does he have? You know? So I can see how she'd be feeling a little threatened. Well, then they got the 911 call, Leslie. And this is where I feel like holy shit, what we think we know, we really don't. So the first time she called, she could not be heard. It was all bobbled and bromp, whatever they call it. Uh, like just bop, 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 bop. Yeah. yeah. The 911 caller says, ma'am, I can't hear you. I, I don't know what you're saying. So she repeats herself and you can hear as she's getting, repeating herself more and more, she's getting frustrated because the 911 caller can't hear her. So if you look at it from the perspective of hearing the 911 caller, so she says it again, the 911 caller clearly doesn't understand her again and says, ma'am, I can't hear you. So then she starts almost crying in her, in her theatrical, we're calling theatrical, right? She's almost kind of getting panicked and, and. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And getting really, really upset. And saying it again to the 911 caller. So as a bystander, we heard that and we were like, she just keeps repeating it because she's not getting what she wants from the 911 caller. No, the 911 caller can't hear her. Mm. So she's getting more and more upset because she's now getting more and more scared that she's a alone in the middle of a park with some guy and he's got dog treats. I don't know what else he has. He's kind of got this posture about him. I'm getting scared now that no yeah, one is very be intimidating, yeah. very intimidating. And, um, so anyways, when you put all those things together, Leslie, I go, you know what? We really don't know what we think we know. You know, we talk about these cases every week and we do our research and they just give us what we, what we want to know. Apparently the New York times knew some of this information. They buried it in like the very bottom that he'd done this before, he actually publicly came out on his Zoom call. There's video of him saying, this is what I do. I lure people's dogs away from them to get them to comply with me and put their dog on a leash. I specifically go up to people that are in a non, uh, an on leash area that do not have their dogs on leash and I confront them. This changes this for me. Yeah. I'm like blown he, away. And he does it in a very like, like confrontational a, way. Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. of scary when yes. he's super calm about it and you're yes. just like, what is going on in that brain? Yeah. And I don't think it mattered the color of his skin. I do think it mattered that she'd been sexually assaulted. I do yeah. think that that mattered. Um, as a woman and you know, I'm a tall woman. I, I, I have never been um, necessarily grabbed or anything like that, but I actually do know my strength and I know that a man can overtake me. I've, I've wrestled with my brother enough. You know, he was smaller than me at the time. I know men are strong, way stronger than me. Um, so even as a tall woman who has never been attacked like that, I know I have no chance really. Um, and yeah, I've taken some classes, but at the end of the day, I don't want to have to like do any of that. I don't want to be attacked. Right. So I can see her getting a little tense and, um, I'd be curious how she is like in normal life. Cause he sounds like he's probably always a little intimidating and always a little 
confrontational like that and his and he's probably very calm about it where she i could in like just what the story and what we saw online yeah and then her fleeing to another country to like get yeah. away from all of this like she's kind of extreme like yeah. in a lot of cases a lot of things in her life I'm, i'd be curious if that's kind of her norm where she just kind of freaks out over little things right because it seems consistent with him that's who he is and two situations I've seen with her or what you've just told me, I'm just wondering in her normal life, is she kind of like reactive like that? Well, and to your point, I didn't think about this, Leslie, but I think you're bringing up a really good point. She comes from the Midwest. She was a Midwest girl. She came to New York and thought, well, I kind of want to try it. You know, I, in her words, in her description of this, she sounded a little, a little meek, a little scared to even go to the city. And she didn't think she'd stay that long. And she ended up staying a lot longer than she had, than she thought she would. And um, so to your point, she may not be that, she's not that badass New Yorker, right? She's not totally. used to kind of that, um, that get off, get off my ground, stop treading on me, you know, kind of quick to defend, right? Yeah. Um, so to your point, you know, you could be really right. I don't know her personally. I don't know. Yeah. Him I mean, it could just be just her personality. Yeah. yeah. This is just speculation again. Yeah. But I feel like this has turned, turned me over in terms of what I think I know and what I really don't know. Well, and I think that's a good reminder of what we're looking at and what we're seeing anywhere or yeah. hearing. Like there's always, if you Google something, you're only kind of Googling that one side. You need yeah. to you know, research other things just to figure it out completely because the media is only going to show you what they want you to know. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is sad because they just painted her as this terrible person. And I think she's probably a very reactive person, but they made it, they took out all the important parts of why she was reacting in that way. Right. And she had been, by the way, I should note, and I think this did come out at the time, but she had been volunteering for this dog rescue group she'd been like doing volunteer work for them for a while. Um, she ultimately did get her dog Henry back, which, you know, sounds like the right thing. I mean, I agree though. It was a little like scary. It looks like she was like kind of, the dog, but, but she was like backing herself back, back into the woods. I would have been correct. like having him up on my arm and I've been like walking on the path to get out of there as I'm on the 911 call. I wouldn't yes. have like, I mean, I don't know what I would have done actually. I, that's I, what I think I would do, but I don't know. And if I you're had cornered like that, you don't well, know. And I would say that I had a dog who had leash aggression and this dog, I'm not saying Henry, her dog had leash aggression, but I'm saying that when you're confronted and a lot of things are going on. So she's got this man talking to her now videotaping her. She was trying to get him to stop videotaping her. I'm not sure why she was concerned about that probably for this exact purpose. And then she's on the phone at the same time with 911 and holding her dog. So she was basically doing four things at once and the dog's reacting, right? Yeah. Like she's anxious. She's getting worked up. Um, the dog apparently had is kind of, um, I, I don't, I'm not going to call him a therapy dog, but had some therapeutic, you know, uh, tendencies. And so the dog may have been reacting to the whole altercation. So you've got all these things reacting and, and, you know, I think her attention was so broken up. Yeah. So I really felt for her and I, 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 at the end, didn't feel like she took um, full credit for what she had, how she had contributed to it. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell you that I'm completely on her side. Cause I didn't at the end, I was like, well, you know, you could have handled that a little differently. However, I also saw a whole new side to this that I did not see. Yeah. And the fact that he purposely went out to have these altercations with people yeah really changed my whole view of the whole situation yeah so that's really sad unfortunate yeah, yeah unfortunate and i i feel bad that she's had to flee the country that's you know that's a little cancel, extreme yeah this whole cancel culture thing though it it, it that's a whole nother <laughs> topic we'll get into well i think we're yeah. so bored like people just want to have something to focus on i think yeah. that's why things were so like white white privilege and then this yeah. and then like and yeah. I think all of those things became big and they should have been right like we should yes. a lot of this stuff should have been addressed way before now but I think Correct. COVID has given us the time to do that now yes 
but I yeah. feel like she was probably fearful, but then she, I think she was over the top with it, but that yeah. could be her personality. It could be her personality. Yes. Just as his personality right, might have exactly. been a little over the top. Like, do you really need to pick a fight with somebody? I mean, don't you have enough things in your life that you could just, you know, go through yeah. the park and not worry about somebody else, especially if the dog wasn't attacking the birds. Like, and honestly, like if it too was like, he had done that in the past and he probably knew how they reacted, like yes. change your wording, but he's doing that on purpose. He was. Yes. He was. So it's like, we could tell him to do that and that would be an easy fix, but no, he likes that part. And I'm going to tell you, it's kind of scary. Does that mean like there's a potential of other things because he likes that interaction kind of scared? Yeah. I I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. So that's my, that's my little kind of uh, update slash story. I encourage everybody to listen to the honestly podcast. Um, she really makes me think about a lot of things and, yeah. um, gives really, and good that happened on my birthday, <gasps> May 25th. Yeah. Mine oh, and Ella's. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, interesting. well, let me tell you a story about a tall girl. Ooh, tall girl. This is kind of like interesting. Girls. Like, it's weird how some of our topics, like then they, they're not the same, but they kind of yeah. go together. Yeah. <clears throat> Cause we don't plan these things. You guys No, we don't, we, <laughs> we ain't got just, time for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, I might, but you don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This happened in January 15th, 1980. Okay. Right. And this, so it's, it's around, it's cold. It's January 15th. Where and this at? happened. And um, this was at Mount hood community college. Oh gosh. Okay. Yes. So this was in an evening class. A student was going to class. And um, so Northeast Kane Street is the entrance. It's the main street to get into Mount Hood Community College. So on this night of January 15th, a woman goes running into Kane Street and she is waving her arms. And then you see a man come out of the brush, pull her back in. And there were a few motorists who had actually seen it. So the thought that they had now going back and contacting them, they thought there was like a, a game of like, um, like a, it was like a college prank is kind of what they were thinking it was because it didn't look too crazy. I mean, a woman's, you know, raising her arms and then a man pulls her back into the woods. I don't know why they wouldn't think that wasn't an emergency. Um, but no, that happened and nobody okay, stopped. But 1980s. Yes. There was no cell phones. I there can wasn't. see people calling now, but I can also see people going, yeah, maybe I don't want to get involved in that. Or maybe I don't want to stop, you know, that might be kind of scary, but I kind of would be scared by that. <laughs> right. And I was trying to think there was, um, oh, they said it was a youthful game or dodging the traffic, or it could have been a college prank. Cause it was right next to the college. And this is when they were able to contact people later or have them come forward. This is what they said. They thought it was. They didn't take it as an actual something happening. Anyway, the next day, some books are found, a purse is found on the grounds, and then a student finds this girl's body. And her name was Barbara May Tucker. And um, she was found in the wooded area. And what it turns out was she was going to an evening class and her mom said, and she t- called her mom from the college and said, hey, if I'm going to get home early, um, or if I'm getting out of class early, I'm going to go to ice cream at my friend's house. And that never happened. I don't even think she had made it to her class. And so it turns out 40 years later, there is a direct match through DNA for Robert Plimpton. And he never actually moved far from that area. In fact, I was able to dig around and I did find his address. And from my house here, it takes me 35 minutes to get to the college. It takes me 33 minutes to get to his house. So, but I didn't know how to do the map in between the two. So driving wise, it's only a three minute drive, but that would be around and about. If you go from like his neighborhood, you can follow Beaver Creek straight to Mount Hood Community College. I don't know if this is the house that he lived in when this attack happened, when he was only 16 years old and going to Reynolds High School, but it is owned by his mother. So it could have been that house. So this Robert guy, and so reading all these articles, some of them say they have, he had two kids. 
I only was able to know that he has one son who I think is currently 17 years old with the same name. So when you Google it, you're getting half of his son who's a wrestler and a very good wrestler. And then you're getting half of all his being arrested and all of this stuff. And what's his name again? His name is Robert Plimpton. And I'm probably saying that wrong. P-L-Y-M-P-T-O-N. Okay. So she was, um, she appeared to be, oh, sorry. When she ran out into the woods though, she appeared to be bloody and dirty. I don't know why, but they, they thought it was a college prank. Um, let me see here. A lot oh, so, more things were acceptable yes. back in the eighties though. It was just different. I mean, who knows what they thought really, but detective Aaron Turnage, he was the one that was assigned to this cold case. And he's the one that provided the DNA to the Parabon nano labs. Uh-huh. So he, um, turns in that DNA, but with the, and they did end up getting a direct match, but it was also with the help of ancestry.com. Oh, wow. Okay. Here's the really sad thing though, because that happened in 1980, right? And then, so in 1985, he was convicted of a girl taking a girl, um, and assaulting her. I believe he spent 30 months or 30 years. Okay. Almost 36 Sorry. months. Is yeah, that's right. Years. So three yeah. years, he, um, he got out in December, 1987, he was convicted, convicted of second degree kidnapping in Multnomah County. Then between the years of 1993 and 1997, he did two six month stints for DUI. Um, but then in 19, every 1997, when he kidnapped and assaulted that girl, that the case was dropped due to lack of evidence, but being that he had this history, but they also didn't know about the killing when he was 16 years old. So then I was kind of going online last night and, um, looking up like cold cases in Oregon and trying to, and then Michael came in the room and I had to stop because, but I was trying to think of like in that, in the area of which he lived, because he doesn't seem to travel far from that, like could he have done something else? Right. And so the, it looks like the house that he was living in um, and, and still is, well, he's in prison now, but, or in jail, but his wife and family are still living in is owned by his mother, Vivian. And, um, but they've never transferred the house into their names because she died in 2018. And the other, the weird thing, a thing attached to like, if you look like up her information, it said her phone number was 503-666-0000. And I was like, ew, that's kind of weird. I just thought that was a weird thing. Um, but Barbara, who was killed, she was actually a really good student. She um, worked at Sears. She loved to crochet and knit. Like we would have been good friends. And she was raised in the Westmoreland area and she was going to school. She was in her second year at Mount Hood Community College for business. And then he, she pulls him in. He was only 16 years old when it happened. The other thing is she's 5'11". Wow. I didn't. Yeah. So I thought that was really sad and terrible. And the fact that had those, like, how, I mean, I guess it was just the DNA, but I have a feeling that there was more going on between the thing, between those dates. Like there are probably more people out there that we just don't know about. Okay. I so don't that, know when that Go is ahead. my point is that she was a tall woman. Like I, I yeah. have always kind of felt like, you know, maybe I wasn't I don't know. I'm not a huge target because I'm taller, but I know that I'm not stronger. And that is my point. And clearly she was still a target, even though she was taller. Yeah. It was, it didn't stop him. And he was 16. Like, but if his son was a wrestler, he's probably a wrestler, right? He might've been super involved in that. Um, I do want to say too, the other weird thing and not a weird thing, but um, according to Pamphlet Media, he owned like, it, let me see, it was kind of a cool name, which I was not happy that it was a cool name because that <laughs> means, um, it was called the Spotted Owl Guide Service where he um, made these handcrafted boats that would do river tours and go down rapids and he would show people like wildlife. And oh. so it sounded like a really cool thing. Um, and so he did these tours and as far as I know, he did him up until he was arrested. And, um, but then like you get people out in the woods, like, yeah, you know, like, seriously. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's just really unfortunate for his wife who probably had no idea any of this, like oh they were totally God. blindsided and he's claiming his innocence, but there is a direct hit of his DNA. Like try to explain that. And, and the also, fact that you live so close. History. 
Yeah, and the history. Yeah. His next court date in Multnomah County Courthouse is October 11th, 2021. Like literally this, all of this just happened. Okay, so So question, does he have a father that was ever in the picture? I mean, so both of his parents have died and I believe that they were still married because their graves, they're together. Like the mom is now with the father. And we know Um, that it was him and not the dad. Um, well, a direct DNA wouldn't have the same DNA as your father. Oh, okay. So they, you mean like it's a exact match is what you're saying? Yes. It is a direct hit. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And was it on her clothing or something? Um, well, I believe she was SA. I don't know if you can, I read Bible sexually assaulted. Oh, okay. Okay. So she, oh yeah. And DNA was all up in there. Yeah. And beat her like crazy. (gasps) Yeah. And so, um, my gosh, so she's found it. I mean, it's like, that was so crazy. So this other detect, this detective, which I think we would really like to talk to him because, um, he's young and he's got fresh eyes on all these cases. So he mentions this next one that he's working on. Um, it happened 30 years ago. It was a girl that was stabbed to death in Gresham and her name was Ann Hansen. So that's the next one. So Ooh. if somebody's out there and you're attached, you're, he's coming for you. But yeah. I also want to like, it, anybody listening to this or knows something like around that area, like you really should come forward at this time Right. If something like this happened to you that might involve this guy, because this is the time to put him away. I mean, he's basically lived this life and then also had other things going on. But could you imagine like having the same name as your dad, who's now arrested for this murder? And then you're still in high school and people, you know, Google or it's in the news. And then, yeah, I mean, anytime somebody like college Googles your name, you're going to find out that your dad was this convicted murderer. Have they done any interviews, the kids or the wife? I didn't see anything and I could barely get enough information. I was trying to like figure out more about his wife. Yeah. And apparently it looks like she's like shut down any social media that she might've had. The, The son has a Facebook and he does have a Snapchat. Um, but I couldn't see anything from it. It's all private. And, um, but I couldn't also figure out when they got married, but if the son is 17, let's just say they got married a year before that, you know, this, uh, all of this happened before they got married. Yeah. Unless it's not his first wife. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it looks like he probably lived with his mom all the way up to, and then according to this, the the mom was 104, but she had actually passed away a few years ago. But they never did transfer the house into their names. Um, and the weird thing is it looks just like our grandpa Joe's house. Like it's that same Aww. style, just a small little one level. Right. And then, so this Barbara girl, her, both of her parents have passed away by now. And um, she's the young, or she's one of seven siblings, which mm-hmm. I think all of them are still alive. And she has three sisters and they're just excited that, you know, finally they have some yeah. answers. And even though it's terrible, they can finally like, put that all to rest and the mom would actually keep a log of every time she called the detectives and every time like she was she just always kept notes of everything and it was just this cold case that never anything happened and I'm like who would ever thought a 16 year old boy would be yeah capable so even though he was 16 at the time they are trying him as an adult now yes and it kind of reminds me of like our friend's friend who yes did something really young and then is now paying the cost of those things, which we can't talk about. Not yet. I can't wait until he, (laughs) if he will. Anyway, detective Aaron Turnage, 503-618-3136. If you know anything, um, or call him, see if he'll come on. I know I should. It was, um, I don't know. I just thought that was super sad. And it was in our backyard, really. Like, yeah, she's just going to school. Yeah. And I can't believe he was so young when he did this. Like, how was his upbringing? What, how was he treated? That makes me that I don't know. And I I couldn't find anything about other siblings. I didn't like, there's just not much information. And then when I tried to go to his Facebook, it just led me to his sons, which I kind of feel like it was up once. Yeah. Cause I looked at it like a week and a half ago yeah. and then I think everything kind of maybe got shut down. Like, cause it, I think there was a guy on there, like the 
stationary thing. And I was like, oh, oh, I should have written it down then. And I didn't. So mad because I think she might have gotten the information. Um, Anyway, that's what I have for you. Not much. But he lived in like it was Troutdale, like, you know, on the backside of Mount Hood. So it just makes me wonder what happens to these people to that such a young age have such aggression and anger and disdain for women or people or whatever to make you lash out like that. Yeah. And then try to go on and lead a relatively normal life. I mean, he clearly has his own demons and has had troubles with the law since. Um, but you know, wow. Yeah. Like well, that. according to the palm reading, this part of your palm right here, if it's beveled out, that's your anger. Like, so you're like, Hey, uh, let me see your palm. Oh, <laughs> you your issues. Wait, beveled like, out. What do you like? Mean? If it like, so yours is kind of indented, but if this kind of was raised up, like if I can push my finger behind it, can you see oh, it? Looks if like this it's kind was of raised up? Like if this part of your skin Oh, is was bump, was like like a bump. You know how we have the bumps up here? Yeah, 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 yeah. If that was like raised right here, there that's oh. like anger. That's your anger part. Ooh. The other interesting thing I've read, and I I haven't tested this yet, but usually when you get a headache, you'll get a red dot right in this area. Whoa. Okay. A very faint red dot will show okay. that you have like a migraine. So when you get your migraine, look there and just Ooh, tell me okay. if that's true. Okay. I mean, who knows? I've been like trying to find out cool little things but <laughs> that's your anger spot apparently right there okay i will check that out yes i do get migraine so next time i'll try to remember and look yeah when you're trying to like focus hand? someone um so it would be your active hand i believe okay this is your non-active hand is like the skills that you were born with and then your hand your active hand is like how you're using that stuff okay okay yeah so i believe well, that's it for today. That's it for today. I love yes. it. Okay. Well, thank you so much to all of our listeners. We want to encourage you to give us a five star. We also uh, want to encourage you to um, take some time and review us. And also you can hit the subscribe button. We're either on YouTube, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Podbean, Pandora, Pandora, like all of them. We sway back and forth yes. together. You can't see. And us. we're going to be setting up a merch shop shop soon, yes, so you can wear our fun stuff. Yes, we are. And remember, we are a couple of women who just decided to do this. We're not making big bucks. We're not one of those big, you know. <laughs> conglomerate so just support us reach out let us know that you're still here if you want to become a uh, patreon that would be awesome we would be ever so grateful and we want you to stay curious stay suspicious and stay open <laughs> <laughs>